You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Hey, everybody. Jeff here. And today, my guests are Jason Warner and DeMarco DeCicio from Franklin, Tennessee. Jason and DeMarco sure have packed a lot into their 17 years together. In this episode, they talk about how they met, went on tour together as a music duo, became parents of twin boys, started a nonprofit, and bought a ranch to serve the community around them. Jason started our conversation. I was raised in the Pentecostal church. I went to Lee University and really was groomed to go into the Christian contemporary market and um, traveled with a band out of college and um, came out. Actually, what didn't really come out was found out while I was with the band and ended up being kicked out of the band. And this was back in 98. And so um, it was just a real eye opener for me that these guys that were supposed to be my my brothers and my band mates, you know, when they found this out, they just looked at me as a complete stranger. And um, it just opened my eyes to how um, ignorant people were and, you know, that the places that we should feel the safest ended up being the place where I experienced, you know, the most rejection. And so it kind of, in my eyes opening to that, it naturally made me think, you know, what can I do to help um, fix this and not necessarily fix it, but what can I do to help others that may be going through this. And so I ended up uh, moving to Los Angeles um, and found MCC, which is the Metropolitan Community Church. And um, when I found out there was a gay-friendly denomination, I was shocked because in my world, those were that was an oxymoron, and I didn't think anything like that existed. Yeah. And, and of course, I thought if finding it out it existed, it didn't surprise me that it would exist in Los Angeles, of all places. So my my perception was, you know, what do they do at those churches? And, you know, is it more of a dance party than it is church? And and I ended up um, visiting my first MC. Well, actually, I sent my press kit and demo out to a whole bunch of MCC churches. And the first church to have me come sing and perform was a church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It was the Sunshine Cathedral, and it was Reverend Grant Lynn Ford. And I went to Fort Lauderdale, and it just blew me away because I saw people you know, worshiping and attending church and taking communion together as couples. And it just showed me that there was this whole other world out there and, you know, that these people were really living their truth. And so I had started traveling to a lot of different MCC churches, mostly MCC, a few other gay-friendly churches, but mostly MCC churches, and um, was based in Los Angeles while I was doing that. And some friends of mine had invited me to a restaurant um, earlier on before I had even moved to LA and I had met the owner of the restaurant and had given him one of my CDs and had told him my story. And little did I know that DeMarco worked at that restaurant and that manager would play or the owner of the restaurant would play my CD after hours. And, you know, so DeMarco would hear me over the speakers while he was doing his side work and all of that. And he started, you know, asking who's this guy singing and, you know, the manager and owner told him a little bit about my story. And so when I moved to Los Angeles, I went to that restaurant with some friends again, and DeMarco um, was the host that night. And so 
you know, he introduced himself to me and I had no idea that he already knew who I was. He had been stalking me. Had, did you, had you noticed him, Jason, when you went in the restaurant? I, he had never been there except that when I went and finally met him, the owner actually brought him up to me to introduce me to him. I see. Uh, but he was dating a girl at the time, DeMarco was. And so I did not know that. And I had just gotten out of a three-year relationship where my boyfriend was married um, to a woman when we met. So I had gone through a divorce. I had gone through that whole process. And, you know, when I broke up with my ex, my big thing was, is I'm never dating another man that's not fully out and I'm never dating another Capricorn. (laughs) (laughs) Just those two things. That's it. And luckily DeMarco wasn't a Capricorn, but he was dating a girl. And so that was a really hard part for me to, to, I just thought there's no way I'm going to even take this journey again. Um, but you know, the universe had different plans obviously. And I, somehow I kept ending up at this restaurant and, um, DeMarco was there. And so finally, after we just kept connecting, I, um, stayed after uh, my friends left one evening and waited for him to get off work. And that was really, we've been inseparable ever since. And, you know, he obviously that night, I told him, I said, I'm not going to do this unless you break up with your girlfriend. So that night he ended up going and he broke up with his girlfriend, came back. And, um, and then we pretty much were inseparable ever since then. And then of course the, um, career thing started, but before we go into that, I'll let him kind of share about his coming out. (laughs) Well, um, you heard Jason's perspective. This is DeMarco now. Um, I moved to Los Angeles in 99 from Canada and almost 20 years ago, LA was a different place. I, I, I can remember that I did not feel like that was a safe place for me to um, get any work as an actor or a singer um, as an out person, as an out gay man. So I remember my first casting and I got a call the next day. It was for a, a small film, independent film. And I got a call from my agent the next day. And she said to me, DeMarco, I just want to make sure that you're not gay. Because uh, I heard from the casting director that your audition was kind of light. Uh, and I just didn't know that, um, you know, being gay in Hollywood doesn't really sell. And my heart was crushed because I, you know, what better place to go find yourself than L.A.? <laughs> right. And I was asking, you know, a lot of questions, trying to find... Um, myself and I just felt like um, I would have to sacrifice everything I moved there for if I was going to do that so I kind of chose to change the way I walked lower my voice just try and be who everybody else wanted me to be um, so I could have a career and um, so when I met him he was Mr. Italian Machismo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually never knew that part of your story, DeMarco, that you actually changed the way you presented yourself to others in the world. Yeah, I did. And I, and I bet you're not the only one that does that or has done that. Um, but I, I do remember. So the joke in Hollywood, when you say you're an actor, they say, what restaurant do you work at? So you heard from Jason that I worked at this restaurant on the east side of town and uh, of Hollywood. And there was a gay couple that actually owned the restaurant. And that was... I think that was my first set of role models as a couple that was making it in business together successful. Everybody loved this neighborhood restaurant. 
and there was also, you know, there was their personal love relationship too. And um, I guess in the back of my mind, I was setting myself up for what one day I might have. But obviously I had a lot of self-discovery to do. Um, but the biggest thing, you know, when you ask that question is, um, you know, Jason and I fairly quickly um, fell in love and I knew that for how deep the feelings went that definitely um, I was gay. And so I accepted that. I felt like that security in our love like really trumped any fear I had of ever working again. Um, I just felt confidence because I, I, I feel like I finally found someone that loved me for who I was and wasn't necessarily trying to change me. Um, and I could just be myself. And that was really liberating on so many levels. So I, when I think back to, um, you know, my coming out story, I mean, it's a beautiful one because I fell in love and um, that's where um, things started to line up for what has turned out to be a beautiful, a beautiful journey. What a great story. So, so you got, you were getting to know each other and you were dating. What did you see in each other that told you, okay, this is going to be long-term. I'm really going to put my all into this. You know, that's a great question. And I don't think there ever was a long-term for us, you know, well, let me put, I don't think there was a long-term plan that we ever consciously thought of. I, I think me personally, knowing he was, I was his first relationship. I didn't want to have a long-term plan because I didn't necessarily think it was realistic. Um, I kind of being with someone who I was their first relationship. I think I kind of was always walking on eggshells, even though I knew he loved me. I always thought, you know, he hasn't really had the experiences that most gay men need. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of always was looking over my shoulder. And to be honest, when we first started dating, I even didn't think we should be like steady. Like I really felt like he needed to go explore. But, you know, he really didn't act like he wanted to do that. Not that he didn't want to do that. I think he was afraid that if he did that, he could possibly lose me. And so it was, a, you know, I would say the first five years of our relationship were very difficult because of that. So when I moved to L.A., I was really looking to get into pop music or do studio work. But this whole church thing took off for me and he started traveling with me on these gigs. And, you know, and I would start inviting him up to come sing with me. And I'd say and he speaks and sings Italian. So we would do back in the prayer and we'd sing, you know, um, he'd do Angel um, Andrea Bocelli's part and I would do Celine Dion's part and or we just do hymns together and do harmonies and people just loved it. And my business mind immediately saw this could really be something, you know, these two young Christian men traveling and singing in these churches. I think it was so inspiring. And of course, in these churches, it was usually an older demographic. And I think these older people seeing this gave, it gave them hope for the future. It gave them, it inspired them. Um, and ultimately for us, it was a healing process. We were, we were healing through our own ministry mm -hmm. of being able to go and be loved and accepted by all of these people and hear other stories and, you know, sit in church every Sunday, you know, hearing sermons <laughs> about how we're affirmed and loved. So through our own career and ministry, we, you know, had this beautiful experience ourselves. And I think that's what really helped us stay together is our spirituality was always the core of our relationship and of our business. You know, we were together nonstop. And then the relationship issues that would come up because of our strength in our spiritual walk, you know, 
we worked through the things that came up and there were things that came up, you know, early in our relationship. Um, you know, there were, um, things that happened that we had to work through, but there was some infidelity and there was some going outside of the relationship. And, you know, we both had to come back to each other. And what we ended on is that as long as we were honest with each other, because for us, it was never what happened outside of the relationship that was necessarily the issue. It was the deceit or the lying about it or the hiding of it. And so I think once we established that honesty was the core of our relationship and, you know, no matter what happened, we could be a safe place for each other. Um, you know, for me earlier on, I came from this strict religious background. So my thing I, in the early on in our relationship, I'm like, well, if you ever do this, it's over, you know? So when you say that to someone, how are you providing the space for them to come to you in honesty? If you've already told them, if you're honest with me about this, it's over. And so yes. I think that's the biggest thing for me. I learned is I just had to really open myself up and also look at myself and be honest that he wasn't the only one dealing with these feelings and issues. I was as well. And we just had to come to an agreement of, you know, how are we going to deal with this? And our solution was just honesty and then let's work through it and um, love each other through it. And I think because of our spirituality, it gave us the basis to do that. DeMarco, did you want to add anything to that? What was your experience of those early days? I think we're in a culture that it's just so easy to throw it away and just start over with someone new. And when that doesn't work, you just throw it away. I mean, you know, the, it's a cheesy example, but, you know, remember when our grandparents used to um, darn socks, there was a hole and they would, you know, either put an egg in it and stitch that hole shut. I mean, I honestly do that. I mean, I'm letting go of that, but I still do that because for me, it's symbolic. It's, I can even say it's symbolic of life, of relationship. I don't want to start over with somebody new. And I think as your relationship involves, we've been together for 17 years now. And you have to understand that the dynamic is going to change. Um, your roles in the relationship sometimes are going to change. And um, your love is going to change. It's going to look different. You know, in the beginning, in the honeymoon phase, I call it, you know, you can't stand to be apart from each other. You even want to breathe each other's breath. And now with kids in the pictures, you know, sometimes like, like I have to fight for time with him um, and it's easy to become strangers. Yeah. So um, has the thought when things have gotten tough for us been, is there enough left? Um, and and you know, your, your mind wanders down that path, but then you realize that, I don't think the grass is greener. I mean, it would just be repeating the same thing over again. And we have so much, we have lived so much life that the people we've met, the people that have told us that they've somehow contributed to their well-being and their health and their love and their relationship. And um, it, there's just so much that we've done together. And I guess we're looking ahead and figuring out, well, what's next? We've already done so much. Well, let's talk about what's next. Uh, tell You mentioned having children together. Tell me about your life together now. Well, we, after touring, you know, once we started touring together as a duo, as Jason and DeMarco, we did that for about 10 years full time. And so in the 10 year mark, we were offered a job at a church in Houston and it was a large unity church. And it was just a perfect time for us to start. They still 
were cool with us touring twice a month, but we were on staff there and um, I was the young adult and youth leader. And then we did a contemporary worship service. And so that really helped ground us. And at that same time is when we started the discussion of having kids. I had always wanted kids, but obviously with touring, it wasn't possible. So really when we stopped touring full time, that was the perfect opportunity for us to do that. And we really were planning on fostering to adopt because I really have a heart um, for adoption. And, you know, we have a nonprofit now that we'll touch on in a little bit, I'm sure. But um, ironically, we performed at an event. And after the event, we sat at a table as a banquet. And to our right was a fertility doctor from Boston. And to our left was a fertility lawyer from L.A. And they basically asked us if we were going to have kids. And they said, have you thought of surrogacy? And it just opened up this whole new possibility for us that we had never expected or explored. And then literally two weeks after that, we went and visited friends of ours, a straight couple that lives in New Jersey. The topic came up with them, and she immediately was like, I would love to be your donor if you decide to do this. And and so it just everything fell in place. So we ended up going through surrogacy. And actually, the church that hired us in Houston, the youth director there who I reported to, she and I became best friends, and she's actually who ended up being our surrogate. You know, we our transfer took first time. We each ended up with a biological um, child, you know, as and then they're obviously biologically siblings through the um, birth, I mean, through the bio mom. And so um, it's just, and I wrote a book about it because it, it, it's such a great story. Obviously, we can only touch on it here, but... Um, it was a miracle, you know, there, it, it changed our life and, um, you know, we're, we, I think being a dad is, is the greatest joy and the greatest, um, lesson that you can experience in life, <laughs> as you know. So, um, and then from there, uh, and I'll kind of let DeMarco jump in on some of this, but we were pretty much done our contract at the church in Houston and my parents lived in Gatlinburg. And so we started looking at making a move to get closer to my folks um, who have been extremely supportive and come around, you know, from the onset because they were very not supportive in the gang. And, you know, they're probably two of our biggest advocates now. And so we moved to Nashville to get closer to them. And um, we've been here now for five years and we purchased a ranch um, back in 2014. And then I'll kind of let DeMarco share what's happened with the ranch and everything since we purchased that? Well, obviously our values were changing. We felt like we put in, um, you know, a good 15 years of traveling, 10 of those in full-time music ministry, and then kind of winding down a little bit while we started to have our family. There's a lot of opportunity for incredible things to happen here. Um, Not only do we get to watch our boys grow up and be a part of that every day, but also, um, it, the the layout of the the farm really allows a great um, community, a place for the community to, to come together. So every year we do an egg hunt for a um, hundred foster kids, and you know with their families it ends up being about two hundred people come out. We do um, birthday parties for foster kids. Some of them have never had a birthday party before, so it's just a lot of meaningful things that we are doing um, here. Well, and, that's, the farm. and that's the nonprofit side. And then the for-profit, which is really what I was expecting you to mm-hmm. talk about, was yeah, we're, we're, a bed and breakfast. Yeah, we have a bed and breakfast. And, you know, 
you mentioned I do hospitality, so I'm the innkeeper here, and I do uh, monthly farm-to-table dinners for the community for about 20 to 30 people, and just been a really, really great time. And we didn't, when we got this place, we didn't know that we would do that. We've just been in a really open place to what, um, you know, was next for us. And we just kind of, whenever a door opens, we just feel like it's opening because we're supposed to go through it. So we say yes. I think the biggest thing is, is that when we bought the ranch, we um, had this opportunity to, when, you know, when we stopped touring, you have to look at what are, what are our other interests. And so for me, I'd always loved real estate. And so that was a, a no brainer for me to explore that. And then DeMarco, he loves cooking. His mom is an amazing cook. His grandmother was an amazing cook. You know, I always say they're Italians fresh off the boat. And so he just was able to put his culinary skills to work. And it just gradually happened where we'd have guests staying with our Airbnbs and he'd start offering them dinners. And instead of just normal dinners, he'd do farm to table dinners, which is basically all the ingredients are locally sourced from local farms. So we get to support them and serve extremely healthy food. And so that grew from just him doing it with our renters to it being a large event where now the community comes once a month, you know, to those. And then he does private events as well. And that's been a really neat for me as his partner, that's been a really fun experience watching his creativity get to be expressed through this other, you know, with music, obviously we get to express our creativity, but now it's through his culinary art. He's getting to express that creativity, which has been really fun to watch. And then with real estate, it's amazing with clients, you know, there's, I I really got with real estate, there's a ministry there and that, you know, these families, these are um, one of the largest purchases they'll get to make. And I'm really there helping them and guiding them through that process. You know, both of us, because we look at these opportunities as an opportunity to serve, you know, we are really fulfilled in that because I think so much of our, we feel so much of our purpose is here to serve in some way. And it's been really neat to be able to morph from serving in music full time to serving in these other capacities that we've got. I I really hear that, that much of what you do as a couple is, through the prism of how can we give back to the community and make the world a better place for others. Tell me a little bit more about your boys. Oh gosh. Well, my favorite time with them in the morning, this is Jason. They, they come in to our bed every morning and we have snuggle time together. And that's my favorite time. Cause we just get to be with one another. We get to laugh with one another, talk with one another. And, um, you know, we'll usually lay in bed for a good 15 minutes you know, 20 minutes before everybody gets up. And, um, and it's been amazing, you know, having children was an amazing gift. And then just the process of infancy. And we were just talking with a friend yesterday and I said, we were very blessed that because of music, you know, we got to stay home when they were born. It's not like we had to get up and go to work the next day. So we really, I mean, we got to truly experience, um, parenting, you know, those first six months of them as infants, you know, I, I mean, that first year I feel like was a blur and we're kind of, cause mind you, we had twins. So, I mean, both of us were up every three hours, both of us weren't sleeping and, you know, fortunately our parents came in and helped, but, um, but watching them grow has been such an amazing gift and they teach you so much, you know, I think they, they teach us just as much as we teach them and um, and some of that's not easy lessons, you know, because you realize I think a lot of couples think when they have kids, you kind of have this ideal image in your mind of what that's going to look like. And nobody, you know, those Im- those moments happen, 
but the other moments are real life happening, you know, and real challenges and, um, sure. And so it can be, exa- you know, I say it's the most rewarding, but the most exhausting experience being dads, but they're best friends. They get along so well. They're very different, but yet they, in a lot of ways, they like the same things. Um, and they're, they just turned seven. And so we're, we were just, DeMarco pulled up a Facebook video and, you know, when you look at one video, it takes you back through all, you can just swipe up and it takes you through all of them. So we sat there for probably 20 minutes yesterday looking through Facebook videos and you just realize how fast time is going and how much they've grown. And, um, you just have to savor sure. every moment. Sure. DeMarco, do you like being a dad? I do. I do. And, um, you know, they, they, people, when you, when people find out you're having a family, they all bring their stories like, Oh, I, two ages, two and three are the best. And, oh, it gets better when they're older. Oh gosh. When they're teens, you're going to, you know, you can't wait to get rid of them. And you know, all these stories. And I, I just, a little bit better and better with every year that, that passes. So I hope it doesn't change. I love, you know, like right now, I love that I can talk to them with grown up words. And for the most part, they understand me. And at the same time, it's like they're acting like they're 16 years old. You know, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's always bittersweet, but um, it's always more sweet um, at the end of the day. And, you know, I'm not sure if it wasn't if it wasn't for Jason, I'm not sure if I would have gone down this path because I just didn't f- feel like I was called to be a dad. But um it is very rewarding, and I don't even know if I completely understand how rewarding it has been and will be at the end of my life. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You, you know, you both of you mentioned some challenging times, uh, both early on and at various points during the 17 years. What would you say to our listeners about how to get through those times and make sort of the, found, the building blocks for making your relationship resilient? I'm a talker. And DeMarco's more um, introverted. So I think that was a hard thing for him is to talk about. And not only, I mean, he comes from a Catholic background. His family's very, they don't talk about their issues very much. It's very secretive. And so that's probably was our hardest thing is him feeling, again, safe to open up. I think we put pressure on our partners as our relationship evolves, as the years go by, to be the object of their attention, like the way it was for the first six months, maybe. And I think that's unrealistic. And I know for me, um, you know, as I, you know, as our relationship has evolved and we're asking those questions rather than wonder why my partner's not giving me more love. It's the, the question is, you know, how can I flow more love the other way? Beautiful. We're almost at the end of our time, but I wanted to ask, what is each of your visions for your relationship? I think for me, it's just continuing to grow. I I feel like we've built a really beautiful foundation. Uh, The ranch is a really magical place. We called it Gratitude Ranch. So it's um, Gratitude with a D. Um, And because we're four dudes here living on this ranch. And, you know, Jeff, if you had asked me, or asked us five years ago what our life would look like. And we saw what we're currently, how we're living. I mean, we would have laughed and we would have laughed and we would have been in awe, all on the same 
um, experience because, you know, we never dreamt we'd live on a farm. You know, I mean, I grew up on a farm and I thought I'd never end up living on one again. Um, but, you know, we've got 27 farm pets and, you know, we um, are living in the country and it's it's a total different lifestyle than it was in Los Angeles for us, obviously. But I think there's this part of us where we just needed it and we needed, we needed a sanctuary. I've always had a dream of having a kind of a, a community and the ranch has really lend, lended itself to create all of our dreams that we've had are, are manifesting. Um, and the ranch is kind of the hub for that, you know, whether it's uh, his um, cooking, it's my real estate, it's our music. I mean, even musically, we have a space where we could, people can come to us now um, you know, the nonprofit, um, which we didn't touch on a lot, but, um, we started a nonprofit for homeless kids in Houston and we found the majority of them attributed being homeless to aging out of foster care. And so it really started us honing in on looking at foster children and what can we do to support them and foster families to prevent homelessness. And the ranch has been a great place for us to support foster families and create these events where we get to educate and recruit foster parents, you know, in the community. So I I think the ranch is this gift from God to us. And I think we'll just continue to watch how it unfolds and, you know, what we continue to manifest here um, and and just continue growing it. Do you agree with that, Dave? I do. And, you know, on the family level, like most parents, we want, you know, our boys to grow up to be good, fine young men and, make as many good decisions as possible and hang around with the right crowd. And, you know, one day maybe have their own families and then we'll get to be grandparents. <laughs> yes. Won't that be great? Jason DeMarco, you're amazing, man. You have a wonderful relationship and a great family. Thank you for being willing to share your story with our listeners. You're so welcome. Thank you, Jeff, for thinking of us. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jason and DeMarco. If you'd like to learn more about their work, visit their websites at gratituderanch.com and supportsafe.org. Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them, so please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening and have a great week.